Welcome to the Straight Out the Damn Podcast. I'm your host, last name Good, and uh, we have a special guest on the line today. Uh, this guy, not only is he an MC, he's a, a curator of, of dope talent. He's a promoter. He is an activist. He is one heck of a performer, I must say. And he's uh, all like, at the end of the day, just a down-to-earth person that's going to tell you the real when you need to hear the real, man. Help me welcome the homie Marcel P. Black to the Straight Out the Damn Podcast. How you doing, bro? I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed, man. Glad to be here, bro. Glad to be here. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. So I- I'll give the-, the origin story of why we have you on the podcast today. But uh, we met, mm, I don't know, it's probably been like maybe a year ago now, I think. Something like something no, like I- that. The-, 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 first- the, first- the first time we met, it was at A3C 2016. Me and Alfred was on, we was somewhere down to, he, he, we, we saw him. I, I, I put two or two together who he was, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was like, yeah, man, this is uh, this Jay Good was straight out the den. And, I, you know, I, I would say I was drunk or something, I don't remember. But I remember, like, speaking to you briefly. And then even when you came to Baton Rouge, I was, when was that? It was about a year ago. Yeah. When we came to Baton Rouge. I didn't realize last name Good was straight out, I, last name Good was straight out the den. I didn't, right, I didn't right, put right. two or two together. To, to later or whatever so you know we accidentally met a couple times right we finally linked up when i came in february yeah 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 february yeah absolutely when i came and did the uh elevator showcase in february so we were, so what we actually met on purpose and knew who each other was right. all the way you know yeah. <laughs> it'd be like that but, you know, man. but it's funny man it's, it's it's funny it's just like how like you might live in a you might live in a particular part of town and you hang out and it's other part of town a lot not knowing that, like, years later, you might live in other parts of town. It's kind of how it feels with us. Right. So everything right. kind of happens for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've, we've been kind of circling around each other, but now we're finally connected. Absolutely, man. And, and, and so that's the gener- gen- genesis story of, of how we connected. And now it's up to this point where, you know, we follow each other on social media and all that good stuff. And Marcel does this thing on, on social media called Free Game, right? And... Every time he, he does it, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it, and, and I'm soaking up free game because I feel like in this world of hip-hop, you got to forever be a student. I don't care how much experience you think you have. You always can learn something from other people. And you had this particular subject about booking shows and getting paid for shows and, and artists feeling a certain type of way for not getting paid, and they want to be paid, and they don't have a true fan base. And we've had that conversation before on the podcast, but I felt it would have been great to have it from a different perspective. And that's why we have you on the line now. So I kind of want to just go back into that initial um, post. I think you, I saw it on, on your Facebook page. And um, mm-hmm. I just saw it and read it, and I was just like, man, this is the information that needs to be out. So you said, I want to unpack this post and, and um, to make your point in like seven, I think in seven posts or something like that. And he was talking about the question came from somebody who said, what's the deal with artists wanting to be paid to perform with no physical fan base that supports, that comes out and support them? So kind of break that down for us. First, the, the origin of that and, you know, your your idea behind your reasons for wh- why you I mean, I, 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 I saw someone, I saw someone post that. And uh, I was I, I'm driving right now. I wish I had the tweets in front of me, but I saw someone post that, and um, I don't. I, it, was a, it was a young lady. I'm not sure who she was. I think somebody shared it. And I looked at it, and I'm just like, hmm. I see the two different ways. I see the two different ways. On one hand, like because I'm a person. Like for instance, when I came to Atlanta, I didn't have an established fan base. Like pretty much, I came on my reputation and my resume, right. and I was able to, you know, what I'm saying. 
know, we was able to we was able to get a little guarantee popping and things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? But it was because of my reputation and resume that allowed me to be able to be able to come into that space and have a paid performance. You know right. what I'm saying? I don't because I don't necessarily believe that every single rapper just because you rap deserves to get paid. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I do believe that some artists can't be able to come into certain spaces if they don't have an established fan base yet. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and that's all based on what they've done in the past or whatever. So, I mean, it was I I I, I felt like you know it needed to be unpacked because a lot of artists because like here in Baton Rouge as it pertains to like underground hip hop, you know what I'm saying. I'm kind of like the only artist really traveling. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and so like a lot of people just kind of think, okay, well just because I go out of town, I should get paid, or even local, or right. even locally. Like you have a, you have a lot of artists who they might do a lot of shows locally. But they don't bring anybody. Mm-hmm. So even if you got a name for being a good performer, a good MC, or whatever, else at the end of the day, you know, of course, you know, as a facilitator, I always look for quality. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, you got to pay these bills. Butts in the seats is what matters. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. So, so I need you to, I need you to either enhance my quality of show, and you know, what I'm well, I always want you to enhance my quality of show. If I get you to enhance the quality of show. And increase the quantity, you know what I'm saying? You know, like, and unfortunately, it's like for the most part, you're more likely to get paid on the quantity. So if you bring more quantity than quality, you know you want both. Right, and right. You want both as a facilitator, you know what I'm saying? But uh, I just feel it's kind of important to unpack that, that statement because it's like, it's, 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 it's a lot of ways to go to it. Because I would be a liar, I would be a liar to 100% co-sign it because I'm going to a lot of places this year, last year. And I've never been before, and I'm getting paid pretty nice. So I, so I would be, so you know, and I don't necessarily have tangible fans. So I, I, I was like, man, this it would it would be dishonest for me to co-sign this without putting it in the proper context. Right, absolutely. So I know you're driving, so I have it right in front of me, so I can kind of help you out with that. So number one, you said, okay, cool. I want to talk more about fan bases than paid shows. I often see young artists that are talented performers and MCs get frustrated with the lack of love they get. This is because they rap hoping people will like their music enough to blow up instead of building the fan base. So let's start there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, you know, they, 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 I know some dope MCs. I know some dope performers who feel like that's all they got to do. All they got to do is be the best rapper, best performer, and somebody will come get them. The game is not working like that in 20 years. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's partially the blame of us Southerners who change this independent hustle. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like there's, there's, there's no reason. Once, once you had people, once you had people from up north in the west coast coming to the south and signing these artists, okay, well look, we're already buying an established product. You know what I'm saying? So it's not even about artists development. It's not about giving somebody a chance. We're investing the people that's already proven. And so, not, not even so much proven as an artist, but proven as uh, 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 something that you know that has a, a track record of selling. Right. Or, or people spend it with out as a consumer base. So that, that pretty much alleviated the A&R. You're not looking for new talent, you're looking for new money. You Absolutely. feel me? Absolutely. So, 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 so therefore, it's people who think all they got to do, and, you know, they, they go to these shows, they damp everybody down, people might even know their songs, people might even know their records, but at the end of the day, they're not bringing nobody because they haven't done, they haven't done the due diligence to create a tangible fan base that will follow them. And even if they have, if I could look out and I could see everybody wearing, you know what I'm saying, paid in America t-shirts that said something to me, or right. paid in America hats, 
that says something to me. If I can look out and I can see this particular artist promoting the show, you know what I'm saying? Like for me, I often promote shows. And, well, it's, I, I always stress MCs to promote the shows definitely locally, but even the ones that you're not there for. I, you know, you got social media, so I can't afford a promo team, but I can show myself, get on my Instagram and say, ATL, what up? I'm coming to do elevators two or three times a week. I can post this thing. I can reach out. You know what I'm saying? I can reach out to every person I know in Atlanta. So, because at the end of the day, like I said, you got your, you got your quality, but your quantity is what adds you even, even more value if you're trying to get a paid show. Because ain't nobody coming to save us. We got to get it out the mud. Regardless, if you're trying to be an underground conscious guy or if you buy, if you shoot for the stars like our brother Alfred Banks, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you have, to, you have to be on top of your game regardless. Like, people think this independent hustle is about poverty, and that's absolutely incorrect. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, like you can monetize it, but you have to make yourself valuable and, wor- and, and worth something in order before you can monetize yourself and what you're trying to accomplish. Absolutely. So number two says, yes, people like, share what they post on social media. A few may even know the words to your songs and they perform them live, but um, may even get respect from other C- MCs, but when they drop their project, it gets zero to no support due to lack of tangible fan base. And I know you you, you, you spoke on, on that um, very much so in, in the last thing that you just said, but I, I wanted to kind of piggyback off of that and talk talk a little bit about the social media aspect of the, the illusion of social media, if you will. Like I know people that have 20 and 30,000 followers, but their shows can barely get two to three people there. And that's a Absolutely. problem. That's a problem to me. You know what I mean? I, and, and I get it as a promoter, you have to kind of walk that thin line of, yes, it's your job to promote. It's your job to get people in, in, in that place. But it's also, what I think that a lot of people fail to realize is that when you're when your goal is to put on underground talent and local MCs, you're it's a battle climbing uphill because you're you're basically trying to get people to come out and see people that they don't have a clue who they are. There's no reason for people to show up. Right, right. And like you said, on top of them, like they don't know who you are. And then if you ain't got like, if you ain't got no accolades that's interesting, what put you on stage for? Exactly. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. I don't know. I've never heard you before, and I Google you, and you ain't really did nothing worth nothing. So why am I putting you on stage? I mean, like, like, um, I agree. Like, 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 it's it's artists that I'm working with right now. You know, uh, haven't put out music in a long time, mm-hmm. or whatever. They want to put it, and I ain't gonna lie, the music is incredible. They want to put the music out soon. I've been telling this artist, he gonna hear this podcast. He know what I'm talking about. I've been telling this artist, like, uh, I like say, bro, don't be in a rush, man. What you need to do is take. I know you're ready to drop this summer. Let's take two or three months and really try to activate your fan base. Because what's going to happen is we already know this, and, and, and let's keep it all the way hundred, man. If you're not, if you're not Jay Z, Kanye, Rihanna, or Drake, man, the streams ain't doing nothing for us, right? No, not like, at all. like you know, I just, I just bought a hat to see these from y'all last week. That's where us as touring artists get our money. Exactly. So if you don't have any fan bases, who if y'all if you don't have any fan bases who are physically spending money. On your project, you pretty much spend a whole lot of money to to create a great album with no even without even giving you a chance to get a tangible return. Right. So yeah, people might know the words of your record. Yeah, people might put their hands up. And people might like and share. But let me tell you something: it's much easier to like and share to pay a dollar, or pay ten dollars, mm-hmm. or buy a T-shirt. That's easy. That's the reason why you have all these other followers. But I ain't got that many followers on any social media. But my reputation precedes itself. As a, as a, as a facilitator, as a businessman, 
and as an artist, as a hunter, and so I'm able to maneuver based on real relationships with not only other artists, but also like real supporters and fans, and as well as people who, you know what I'm saying, you know, who, who, who support artists on the business side of the situation. So it's important that you have to have a connection with real people in real life, you know what I'm saying? And you have to, you have to find a way to tangibly turn these likes and shares into buys. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, and I, you know, I hate to make it all about the money, but at the end of the day, like that is, I mean, that's what we, I mean, I mean, you go into business, unless you're just about to be a hundred percent philanthropist or whatever, you go into business to sell, sell the product. Absolutely. And that's what we're creating the same for. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, you know, if, 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 we're, if we're trying to really get our offer out there to the masses, you have to deal with the real people and not, half the time, these, these Instagram and Twitter followers be bots anyway. True. So you can't true. make the money off nobody. You feel me? Like so true. <laughs> it's just it's it's an aesthetic, man. It, it just looks good. You know, at the end of the day, it just looks good. I, I'll say this, man. Um, responding directly to what you said about the streams don't mean anything to artists, you know, like us. I, I think artists don't know either. They don't know, or they're just blinded to the fact that. The people that does those numbers, they do those numbers because there's machines behind them. And we we can argue back and forth about it, but that's just the truth. Like those millions and millions and millions and billions of streams are only coming because you have somebody that's putting millions of dollars of marketing behind you. Now, if you got the million dollars of marketing, too, I guarantee you'll be able to do the same thing on your own. But if you don't and you're somebody that's probably like, you know, dealing with less than five thousand dollar budget for your album. Right you're going to have an uphill battle trying to produce numbers off streaming. And time and time again, no matter what artists that I, that I book for a show, I constantly tell them like, Hey, bring your merch. And it never fails. I always maybe get one artist that bring merch to a show. And I, I, when I, came, when I, came, when I the elevators, I was the only person. You were the only person, the only person that brought merch for that, for that show. And you know, when you tell an artist like, hey, you come out better not worrying about a guarantee and bringing your merch and selling it. And they'll look at you like you're crazy. Like, I don't want to sell, man. Ain't nobody going to buy my CD. It's like, yeah, because you don't have your presentation set up to buy your CDs. You're rapping over your vocals. You're doing all of the wrong things. And you wonder why it's not turning into something, something else for you. You know, um, you, 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 know, you, know what, you know what I learned? You know what I learned? Good. I learned. I say this and I always have to explain it. People who make money do things that people who make money do. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I've made, I know, I know how much I sell. I have a lot to you. A lot of times, I, say, I don't really focus on bigger markets. Atlanta's one of the few bigger markets I go to. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I focus on the smaller market because it's a rat race, you know what I'm saying, in these right. bigger markets. Right. I sold, I sold like 20, 21 items when I was in Atlanta, which is great for me. I never sell nothing in Atlanta because everybody's a rapper, but y'all supported the hell out of me, so I was Gucci. But for the most part, it's like people always talk about, when I hear rappers talk about people don't buy CDs no more, you're just telling me that nobody's buying your CD because people buy my CDs. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so therefore, I'm making, I'm, making, I'm making more money off of selling these CDs than my guarantees in CDs and T-shirts than my guarantees a lot of times. So therefore, I mean, I'm just not going to focus on FYE or Sam Goody or Camelot Music, or Best Buy, or Circuit City, you know, I'm not going to stress myself to put them in these stores, but I'm going on tours, I got four projects on my table right now, and four different types of t-shirts on my table right now, and people are buying them, so when somebody, when you see somebody pull up, my business, I opened up a condo one time, 
Comedy didn't have much. Last comment, my nigga. Right. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> he, he got the guarantee. Yeah. He, yeah. Really yeah. he got the guarantee. He don't need the tools. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely guarantee, but he's a he's a legend. He ain't got to sell shit. No, he doesn't. And at the same time, when I opened up for Run the Jewels, Mike and L wouldn't work their own merch table. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So at, the, so at the end of the day, if you're not common, no, I hear nothing about that. But if, if Killer Mike and LP can work their own merch table, then there's no reason why you shouldn't have merch out here. That's how you eat, man. I, I just did a little tour with Locksmith this past weekend, and they back there working their merch table. They sitting at the table all night, you know what I'm saying? And, and and people people are shopping with them. And so it's like I don't understand why people are just coming and rapping and thinking, okay, I did elevators or I did say the Blue Sundays, and after this, my whole career is gonna change. You ain't got no fan base. You're not making no any money off the situation. But now you're mad because you're not getting what you think you deserve. Like and, it's a whole lot of that. You know what I'm saying? And the walking off stage and leaving the venue immediately afterwards is the worst thing that you can do. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, 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 always, I always say this, man. Like, when people do that, you're telling on yourself. Yeah. Because we all know, because, you know, you, you know this, man. Uh, you know, especially as up-and-coming independent artists, traveling artists, a lot of times our guarantee is coming from the door. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. And, so, and so we got to wait till the end of the night before they break that bread. Every now and then you get somebody who's solid enough, Especially when you work with other artists, you know, for most of the companies, you already pretty much have a budget for you regardless or whatever. But for the most part, if I'm being booked through another artist, I'm expecting, okay, my money's coming out of the door. So therefore, you got to wait till the end of the night till the door is full. If the show ends at 2 o'clock and you just slid off at 11.30 as you perform, you tell everybody you ain't getting no money. That's how I feel. Right. <laughs> but you done wrapped up how much money you got the whole set. You lying. You know what I mean? Crazy. Like, Crazy. You know? and, and of course, of course, man, I hate to be the last person to leave. But if that's when the bread coming. I'm trying to keep. I'm, I'm trying to wait until everybody, the last person, until I until I get until they come give me my guarantee, or until the last person who's not interested, the last person who's interested in buying something from me is left or taking the pictures or talking to me or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not about like a lot of rap rappers get on stage, man, and they rap to look cool. They rap to say they rapping. Mm-hmm. They forget about it. it's all about the fans and it's all about the opportunities that 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 come from. You know what I'm saying? Being in front of these fans, be it from the fans directly or other promoters or venues or agents who might be in the crowd. So our goal is to impress them. The way you have a chance to further your impression of yourself after you perform, you need to talking to people. Absolutely. Now, we, we kind of went over number three, um, just talking my about... Bad, Brian, I'll be talking about my, Yeah, my no, bad, no, you're you good. You're, you're perfectly fine. I'm just trying to make sure that I'm... So we won't have to repeat this, this valuable information, but uh, number three, you were just saying, like, you know, not saying that art doesn't matter, but as an indie artist, your shelf life of your music and, and can do it to bigger and better opportunities, spread and monetize um, your craft ends and begins with support from your fan base. So really stressing, you got to build a fan base out here. If, if you're not, you're just... You're just rapping just just for the looks, which is what you said. Uh, so number four, yeah. as it pertains to paid shows and fan bases, I don't agree that every rapper should get paid to rap just because they rap. I also don't believe every rapper needs tangible fan base, um, tangible fan, excuse me, buying tickets to get books for a paid paid gig. And you went on to explain, really, like how how you do it. it's your reputation. Like if I come, and you know something, man. What what I've learned really. The reason why a lot of artists don't get paid for shows is because they don't ask. That's uh, a, absolutely. That's a huge. That's a huge thing. Sometimes you just gotta ask the question and allow the promoter to tell you yes or no. It's like we're afraid to get a no. You know what I mean? Like if if you can't do it 
and you gave me a logical explanation for why you can't do it, then it's like, all right, boom. And, and the perfect example is when we booked you to come to Atlanta, you told us like, hey, man, I'm at a point in my career where I need X amount of dollars to be able to, to make this worth my while. And from that point, me and Coop, we assess. Does this make sense? Absolutely. Boom. Let's do it. But if you don't man up and say man up or woman up and say your expectations, then what? How you can't be mad when a promoter is telling you like, yeah, man, come out and do 10 minute set. And, uh, hey, thank you for coming. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't get mad at that if you're not putting your expectations Absolutely. on the table. And, and it's kind of like, like, it's, it's like what I discussed a while ago. It's like people who get money do what people who get money do. So for me, man, this is why it's important. If, you, if you're going to try to negotiate, this is why this is why it's important that you either le- you leverage your, your relationships and your resources and your resume. It's my three R's. Your resume, your resources, and your relationships. So therefore... We already had a relationship because I bought y'all the bad roots. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So we already knew each other. Boom. I was able to look I was able to see like, look, all right, Coop Coop travel, y'all travel, y'all know what it is on the road. So y'all understand that I'm not trying to try to thug you, but you know how expensive you can be on the road. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And, and just like I told Coop, you know what I'm saying, it's in terms of resources, the next time y'all come to Bad Rouge, even if even if I'm not putting the show on, I'm gonna make sure y'all straight because y'all looked out for me. Right. So 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 that's so that's where so like all the things kind of come together. What can you bring to the table to justify you getting paid? What relationships do you have? You know what I'm saying? As far as a good a good or bad working relationship, you know what I'm saying? And uh, what have you done to justify this type of thing? So for me, my thing in 2017 was I was number one in on double sales list for um you know for for the, for the top MCs of Bad Rules, top 12 MCs of Bad Rules. You know what I'm saying? Covered by Genius. Covered by Complex, covered by uh, um, Hip Hop DX, you know, and I'm open for a lot of people and you know, singing Jays or whatever. So I always use that as my bargaining chip as it pertains to, you know, resume. You know, what I'm saying resume, reputation, in terms of resources because I am a facilitator. And even if I can't put on the show, I can throw somebody in the mix or whatever. And I always try to maintain good business or whatever. So that is a difference. So those three, those three R's come in when you're trying to connect the dots between, you know trying to negotiate, you know what I'm saying, your guarantee or your door deal or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. What do you feel is the, the uh, biggest mistake that artists make when they're trying to get paid to perform? No, uh, pricing yourself out of a market. Mm. Break, break that down for people pricing that, that don't understand that. All right, so for instance, all right. Okay. Every month when I do Fade to Flow, I always choose one traveling act. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know, so we, so for Fade Flow, we have a, we have a submission based thing that is understood that to get on the closed mic, that's, that's, that's not, that's not a paid performance. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you do get everything filmed. You know what I'm saying? You get free food, whatever. It's understood that. But there's always one traveling act that I do choose, right? You know what I'm saying? So it's a free show. It's a free show. So therefore, you can't, I, you know, I can't guarantee, you know, I pay everything out of my pocket or whatever. So what we did was to make sure we paid, you know, we, we, we paid, uh, that, we, that, that these people do get paid, these touring artists do get paid. What we do is we put out a tip bucket, you know what I'm saying? And whatever, whatever, whatever the difference between what you get in tips and a hundred dollars, I'll make up. You get to keep a hundred percent of your merch. So all I have to say is like, you're guaranteed a hundred dollars. You know what I'm saying? If it comes $40 through cash and $60 through PayPal or whatever, mm-hmm. you're guaranteed a hundred dollars. You know what I'm saying? And depending on how far you come from, you get a hotel. Now, if you come at me and say, I need $300, I can't do it. Right, Because right. now you're making me come out of my pocket. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, you price, 
your clients get yourself out of market. I know it's a, it's, it does, there's a rapper from Houston that my homegirl was working with. You know what I'm saying? Houston is a place where you can do four or five. If you have a name in Houston, you can do four or five shows for maybe six, seven hundred dollars a night in Houston because it's that big, right? This person doesn't really tour outside of Houston, mm. and he's asking for that same amount. He ain't got no buzz. He ain't got no drum. And he's wondering why he can't get booked on these different tours. You're pricing yourself out your market. So, therefore, if you've never been to Mobile, Alabama before, man, I, I would rather do I would rather do four shows a month for $300 than then one show a month for 1000 Right, right. So, yeah. for one, I'm getting more money. I have more opportunities to sell merch. I'm opening up more markets. I'm, be, I'm able to make more fans or whatever. So, now you're stifling yourself. And you're overpricing yourself. So for me, I always ask the person, okay, how, what, what's the capital venue? Okay, how much do y'all charge? How many people? How many people come out? Now I ain't gonna lie with me. If I'm talking to another artist, I'm a, I'm pretty much just trying to get my my basic needs met. If I'm trying to deal with another artist, because I'm an artist too, and I don't want another rapper texting me a million dollars for a show. You feel me? Right. Now right. with the production company, I'm assuming they got a little bit more of a budget. So therefore, you know, the tax might be a little bit higher. Woo. The change might a little bit higher, but at the same time, you always got to ask these questions to see. Because the thing about it, what, what a lot of artists don't understand is, as artists who are facilitators, we're each other's best friends. Artists who artists when when they had the chitlin circuit that that uh you know uh, UGK and them used to run, mm-hmm. they would go into these hole in the wall clubs. Artists who who are facilitators are the new chitlin circuit. Absolutely, absolutely. So we we are we are the, we are the people. Who take care of each other? Okay, you coming to my town? Look, bro, I can't give you this, but I can make sure you get this and the third. Your knees gonna be well met. We need to show you around town. Boom, boom, boom. You gonna be stripping door to door. You know what I'm saying? Fingers don't necessarily do that no more, but we are the artists. We are the chitlin circuit. We take care of other artists, like minded artists. So you never want to price yourself out to where I can't afford you. So now it's a super duper burden. You know what I'm saying? You always want to find the price. Now if you can hit a lick, hit a lick. But you know, but you, but you, 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 you know, yeah. your finesse game gotta be a one. Yeah, you, you know got, what I'm saying? You got to be so, smart. You got to be smart about what you're doing. Yeah, you got to be smart because because a lot of times, because like a lot of times, the opportunity is more valuable right. than the money. Like right. this, when I opened up a KRS one a couple of years ago, I'm not about to charge the fucking KRS one. <laughs> it, it doesn't make I'm sense. Do this, I'm, about, I'm about to do this 15 minutes there for free. I'm about to rock it. Man, me and my partner sold out of everything we had on the table that night. Absolutely. Cause you, we rocked it. You, and if, I, if I would have asked them for money, I would have been able to do the show. So sometimes the opportunity is more valuable than the money you make. And, and you have to understand that. And I, I think it, it, it goes back to that thing I was talking about with the illusion of social media because people have to understand there's a difference between being an underground artist and having a hit record. And I mean, I'm not even talking about a number one record. I'm talking about a record that's playing on radio in multiple markets across the country. When you have records right, like right. that, Yes, you can go wherever you want to go and pick up the bag at these clubs, probably perform at two or three clubs a night. In a weekend, you can might, you know, max out. On the low end, you probably go and get a thousand dollars a show at these markets, but you gotta have a record that is actually people are hearing it. When you're doing the footwork on your own and you're you you know, you don't have those large amounts, like we're talking about if you got a million plays on your SoundCloud, then yes. You and, and well let me let me let me <laughs> quantify this. If you got a million of authentic listens on your SoundCloud, then yes, you can probably negotiate a little bit more because that that music is probably playing in more than one market. 
I would assume that it's playing in more than one market. And if you checking your stats, you should know exactly where those markets are and, and go and perform in the cities where your music is being played at. That's a whole nother thing of doing the data entry and, and looking at the analytics, Absolutely. you know, but you got to know where your audience is. And I've had this conversation with artists before that are frustrated, right? Like, man, I want to perform. I want to get out of Atlanta, right? That's everybody's dream. Believe it or not, artists here want to get out of Atlanta and artists that are not here want to come to Atlanta and perform, you know? And everybody think, everybody think Atlanta, everybody think, this is a whole other podcast, bro. I'm glad you're saying this. Yeah. Because I be trying to tell people, man, like, I did the whole move to Atlanta when I was in 2005, when I was 23 years old. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep it all the way with you, bro. I was so pleased and happy to do y'all show because for the most part, my Atlanta shows are terrible for the most part. Yeah. Like, the, like the Atlanta is Babylon when it comes to music industry policy. Oh, man. And, and, and this is the reason why I try to stay out of major markets where, where that whole damn Albatross ain't consumed the city. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And so I was so happy to do y'all show because people showed up. They showed love. The brand was good. The merch was good. It was good like any other city for me. That was like the first time I actually had a good show in Atlanta in a long time, man, because the music is painful place, slot. It's just fucking up the whole entire game, fucking up the industry. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Is. And it's it really, is. really bad in Atlanta. So people in, in Atlanta are saying, I want to get out. But it's these people who haven't really experienced the road or experienced life outside of these smaller markets or whatever, they think that just because the people in the club who know them know their song, you know what I'm saying, like it, that they can take the exact same song to Atlanta and it's gonna and you gonna be up there with young thugs the next day. It don't work like that at all, my boy. Man. It don't work like that at all. Atlanta is a very tough market, man. It's a very like Atlanta is like this. In a nutshell, I'm gonna give you what Atlanta is. Atlanta supports one hundred percent once you own. <laughs> you feel me? Like you once you own in Atlanta, you good. Like everywhere you go, you're gonna get all the support. But that come up is it, gonna be super tough. Because you have those, rec and you got to make the music that people in Atlanta want to hear, you know, that you think people in Atlanta want to hear. And I, I see it firsthand, man, when I see artists come from other cities that I know that they don't make that type of music, and they come to Atlanta and try to make a, perform like a turn up record and it doesn't translate. Because people in Atlanta can see that, oh no, you don't, you don't have that sauce, bro. Like you're trying to do something that, that you're not. And they can read it instantly. And, and so it's one of those things where you got to do who you be, who you're going to be as an artist. And and I'll, I'll use you for the perfect example, right? Like with that elevator show that we had, we wanted to, I, I purposely pick artists that were different all around, because if we have all of the same, it can become like, you know, very monotonous. And everyone's like, okay, oh, I've heard this. I knew what type of performer you were. Like you're somebody that's going to give people, you got to, you're going to think you're going to have a good time, but it's like, this is not like on some, Oh, we're going to be dancing all night. And then like, oh, I finally caught it on my ride home. Like, no, I'm, I'm going to give you something right now that, that that's going to feed your soul. And you got to either be with it or not. But I'm still going to be entertaining. And I noticed that night it was maybe one other performer that had the MC type presence to control the crowd. Everyone else. The girl, it was the young lady. That's, when she went up. I remember everybody else was kind of doing the same thing, wrapping up a vocals, kind of whatever, mm -hmm. turn it up. And I remember it was, I can't remember the young lady's name, but she actually, she wasn't wrapping up a vocals. She had some boom bap and she was doing a call on the spot. And people were like engaging. I said, I remember, I said, hey, I want to go behind her. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was yeah. like, yeah, I want to go behind her because cause she, she, she did, she did kind of broke the monotony or whatever. And I can come back in after this and I can, you know, so I ain't got to fight so hard with the crowd. 
Because I know I'm coming different. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah, right. I, I remember that. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's the thing, man, where artists just say it's, it's an art of performing, number one, that you just have to learn how to perform. And you got to understand that people don't know your record. They don't. Like most artists at this level in the game, you're coming to a blank slate and people just don't know you and you got to deal with that. But the job is for them to know you after you get off stage and you got to do things. If you go up there and just perform a record and like it shows that you're just up there kind of like waiting to get off stage, people are going to react the same way. They're waiting for you to get off stage. But if you go up there and you act and know like I own this stage and I'm owning you right now in the moment, it it makes a difference. You see the reaction of the people. The call and response is, is one of your best indicators. If you say something and people responding, oh, I got them. Okay, now okay, they with us now. Let's keep let's keep going. And you know sometimes you'll do a call and response and people ain't feeling it. <laughs> you know, but you got to deal with that too. It just depends, man. But you, you got to be willing to bro, go. I live that bro, because I do I do I do conscious gangster rap mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it. You know what I'm saying? So I live and by it. Luckily. Like, I, don't, I don't do the conscious rap that's all boom bap in, 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 in melancholy. I do in your face, punch you in your shit. I throw gang signs during my conscious raps. Right, you know right. I mean? And so, but at the same time, like being a southerner, you know, I grew up in the church. So I got this soul. Actually, my father's a gospel singer. Mm. And so I grew up you know, watching him touch people's souls every single time he touched the stage or whatever. So therefore, I, I mix spirituality, streets, you know what I'm saying, and, 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 and black consciousness. And I, I try to melt it together, whatever. And I live and die by it. And you know what's funny about it, bro? I rap in front of white people most, mostly. I never get to rap in front of quote unquote the conscious of the woke crowd. Mm. It's mostly it's either white people or other niggas I rap in front of. You know what I'm saying? And so, so I have to. I always have to like, like I live and die by it. It's very. I mean, some some nights niggas is not fucking with me. It's just not happening. You know what I'm saying? But for the most part, it's just like, okay, if I'm doing this, you're right. I'm going all the way in with it. Right. <laughs> Like, 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 and and the the goal for me as a performer, and I hope I get too much off the topic, but the goal for me as a performer, a lot of times, man, people, but I want to make music and have performances that really impress people, mm. not just because it's cool or it's trendy, that you really like. Like I can tell that night, bro, I was really happy with that night because I saw I saw how some of the people, people was doing turn up, turn up, turn up raps, and people was in the front row weren't really reacting, but like when I did my joint. Like, especially when I got to the fuck Donald Trump. Like, the same dudes who might not be on what I'm on, like, it touched them. It hit them. They had middle fingers up, fuck Absolutely. Donald Trump and all that or whatever. It's like, so like, like, for me, the ability to be able to convert a crowd has been like, that's like my, that's one of my affinity stones. You feel me? Like, like, that's, that might be the soul. I guess I'm going to call it the soul stone, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but, but, but the, 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 the ability to convert a crowd over to what I'm doing, it had, I would say, Maybe all of 2017, it didn't work for me in Mobile, Alabama. It didn't work for me in Asheville, North Carolina. But everything else, I was Gucci. But I live and die by it, though. But, like, it, 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 it did. And so, and so, for me, when I, we was talking about kind of correlation to what we're talking about now, like, that's one of the things that makes me valuable is the fact that I stick out from everybody else. So, if you get black, I'm, I'm not going to run nobody out the room. We're going to be in there, but I'm going to bring something completely different and a different element. Like, the things that's unique about myself, I put them on steroids. Mm. And that's going to make me stand out from everybody else. You know, if you might have a conscious rapper, you might have the same content, we ain't got the same approach. If you got a street nigga, you know what I'm saying, I'm adding a little bit extra to the street stuff or whatever. You know right. what I'm saying? So, so, so it's like, you know, and, and, I, and, you know, and I'm, I'll be 35 this year. So that comes from years of touring 
and years of just doing shows and being a student and actually perfecting what I do. And I still have a long way to go, but it's always, like you said, we're always students of the craft. We're always looking for room to get better. When I when I went on tour with Locks this, this past weekend, bro, I, like the first night I was hosting the show, so I was kind of ripping the running. Last night, I mean, uh, the second night on tour with him, I was I, I just performed, you know, because I was in a different town. So I was able to literally sit back and pull my phone out and watch as the hours set and take notes. Hmm. What are things that I can do better? What are some things that he could? What are some things that he didn't do that I could have done? What are some things that I should stop doing based on what he did? You know what I'm saying or whatever. So the goal is to always be better and always. And the better you are as a as an artist, as a performer, as a businessman, you know what I'm saying. The more value you give to yourself and your brand and whatever you're trying to accomplish. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Like, if y'all didn't hear anything, hear that last part. Like, value yourself number one as a brand, but know your value number one and, and bring something to the table like if if i'm paying you to perform you better put on a hell of a show <laughs> like it, it's just point blank period and and the thing is for for me as a as a promoter or facilitator as you say i don't care if there is 10 to a thousand people there if i'm paying you to perform you put on a show of a lifetime and that's just it is what it is. And we've all been places where we, you know, we might have high expectations and we'll go into something thinking like, man, it was well promoted. I've been seeing this stuff everywhere. And, and you know, sometimes it just doesn't translate. You can promote your butt off, man, and, and really do all the tricks and trades. And sometimes people just ain't showing up. It, it just it happens. That's the risk that you take. It is what it is. Right? It, it is what it is. And, and that's I, I man, I've I've been personally been in situations where I've spent hundreds of dollars in, in marketing and promotion and the output just was not there. And you, at the end of the night, you looking like, bro, I don't even know what happened. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't get it. And, and you know, it, it, things can happen. It can rain, you know, and people just like, I ain't coming out to this now, especially with it raining. Like, no, you know, it things can happen. But at the end of the day, if somebody's paying you to perform, you got to make them feel like it was all worth it because guarantee these relationships that you make right now on this level, everybody grows, everybody grows. So that person that was paying you a hundred dollars to come in and do a show here, when they're in a position to give you, you know, the bag, Guess who they calling? They calling the person that when I gave them a hundred dollars, they put on one of the best performances I ever seen in my life. And now that I'm in a position to really go in and give them something, I'm calling them because I know that they're going to perform. So if they if they that motivated to perform for a hundred dollars, imagine how they're going to be motivated to perform when I say I got three for you, or if I got I got three grand for you. It's it's going to be up and you know it, it it just elevation, man. That's that's where it's at. So. That's that's what we have, man. Bro, I appreciate you for real for calling in. Nah, bro, man, come on, bro. You know I love to, I love to run my mouth. Everybody said I should charge for this, but you know what? This is how I feel, dog. I feel like like when I was coming up in Baton Rouge, bro, it wasn't no like like no gas, bro. I'm the first artist like myself ever from the city of Baton Rouge mm -hmm. who's the, who's doing who's doing who's going to places I've been, who's making the type of music I'm making and having some success on any type of you know regional, national level, whatever you want to call it. There's never been an underground kind of independent MC to do what I do from, from the city of Baton Rouge. You know what I'm saying? Even even though I am a transplant, I've been here for half of my life. Right. So right. I cut my teeth at Baton Chip Hop artist, you feel me? Well y'all you in Atlanta, you know, everybody transplants in Atlanta, you feel me? But but like but for Baton Rouge. So there's no this so all that to say is like I'm the artist that the, the the radios and the quote unquote gatekeepers told that I need to move away. I need to move to Atlanta. I need to move to New York or LA or Chicago or a bigger market. I should go overseas and then my shit would never work. You feel me? Mm -hmm. So I was like, nah, fuck that. I can only do what I do. You know what I'm saying? I'm the only child B, so 
I love working with others, but I'm not going to do nothing I don't want to do. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? If we like-minded, we get money out of that. That's the reason why I released out the coop. I'm like, all right, you know what? We did what we did last year, you know what I'm saying? But 2018, we like-minded as it pertains to hit this road. So, see, we need to have a market of people that can pay the America run. You feel me? Because we like-minded, but we go ahead and get this bag together, you know, whatever. So all I can say, I'm with that. But if a nigga on the bullets and I ain't with it, so all I can say, I only want it to be me. And so I didn't have any mentors in the city of Baton Rouge to look up to. I learned from Truth Universal, you know what I'm saying, in uh, Truth Universal out of New Orleans, you know what I'm saying? I linked up with Kamikaze, you know what I'm saying, out of, out of Jackson, you know what I'm saying? Now I'm being mentored by Cesar Comanche out of North Carolina, one of the architects of the Justice League, you know what I'm saying, uh, partners of Little Brothers. So these are the people who I look up to now, but in my city, I am the OG. So therefore, like, maybe the next person who learns from me can charge, but at the same time, I want to cultivate more artists who are who are successful like myself and, you know what I'm saying, and, and be able to put bad roots on the map on the hip-hop level. So for me, I've, I've been blessed. Part of the reason why I've been so blessed, Jay, is the fact that I've given so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I receive a lot of blessings and resources because I've been able to give so much. And so, like, every day you see me tweet or whatever, bro, these ain't things that like, somebody else told me. These are things that I personally first had experienced. Now I get it, everybody got their own path. One blueprint don't fit every single house. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I do have a way, like I have a level of wisdom that comes from experience or whatever. And I like sharing that with other artists, you know, people who are, you know, sometimes it's people who are, who have been further than me in their careers. They might have they might have not have done some of I know an artist right now. He signed to a reputable he signed to a reputable label like a very, very reputable independent underground label who does a tour, and he asked me about tour. Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Crazy. And so it happens. So and if, 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 if I'm able to, you know, if I'm able to share some resources, you know what I'm saying, and, and sometimes, and it's like, half the time, you, you know this, man, out of all the rappers who might come to a Straight Outta Den show or listen to a Straight Outta Den podcast, you might have two motherfuckers who actually take heat and listen to it. Hey. Bro, that that was the point that I was getting ready to say. I was like, man, I've learned over the years <laughs> is you can pe- you can give people the information, man. It's it's they gotta use it. They gotta use it. And, and you lead a horse to water, can't make them drink. Can't make them drink. And my whole thing is, you know what these young dudes like? Oh man, we were talking about entitlement, man. It's just like, man, these dudes. Look, you give me an older person who's been through the game. I'm going to listen. And I'm going to take heed to everything he says. <laughs> him or her, right? These young dudes is like, oh, if you're not giving me a hand now, you hate me. They 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 feel like they they feel like they can do it themselves. And you know what? Some people can do it themselves, but I guarantee you still need somebody to give you some type of guidance throughout that time period, man. And you know what? And you know what? And I got I say this originally too. Not only young dudes, older dudes. Mm-hmm. They feel like they've done it before. They did it 20 years ago, so therefore they ain't got to do it again. Let me tell you something, man. They don't care. <laughs> and you like, 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 this is, I mean, hip hop is a youth culture. The way the music industry is set up, if you're not established as an independent artist, by the time you're 35 years old, it's going to be tough. I always try to get out with these young boys. They oh, don't yeah. care about that. They don't. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? That's the reason why you see these old rappers, New York rappers even, doing this double time trap flow. I almost died when I heard uh, Ja Rule rapping like Migos <laughs> when he got out of jail. <laughs> I haven't heard that that record. And, and oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> I'm glad I haven't. It was terrible. <laughs> but it's like, but, but you know, but but he's trying to he's trying to stay up with the kids because, you know what I'm saying, he's trying to stay up with the kids because these kids were put it on with how these niggas was barely born. 
Exactly. They don't know it. So, so it's important that you establish yourself. That's the reason why Karis, well, I keep using him as an example, you know what I'm saying? But other art, established artists, you know, Eric B. and Rakim are still touring. And, you know, you have these older acts, especially from the West Coast. They tour all the time because they've established what we talked about at the beginning, tangible fan bases that gives them value. So, therefore, you know, they, they can run that nostalgia circuit. Like, you're seeing it, you're seeing it a lot since, like, 2004, between, like, 2004 and, like, uh, between 98, 94 and 98, people say, like, buku, buku, like, classic hip-hop album. Everybody hit their 20-year anniversary album run. Yeah, <laughs> everybody. Like, I was, I, was, I was blessed to open up for so many artists. I was blessed to open up for my feet, God, God, God rest the dead before Prodigy died, you know what I'm saying? Because they was on their, uh, they was on their, they, they, they anniversary run. You understand what I'm saying? But uh, for, uh, for what's what's the shit with Shook ones on it? What up? I can't even think. Uh, Hell on Earth. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think Hell on Earth. Not infamous. Um, yeah, I think it's Hell on Earth. Whatever. I can't. I can't. I can't remember. But we we know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like, but like, you know, the album was Shook ones too. Whatever. And, and uh, whatever. Some other cities. But like, yeah. So like, but they're able to. They're able to. They're not trying to make kids music. They, but they've established themselves, and they run the independent circuit now. That the industry ain't rocking with them no more, or whatever. So it's always important that you establish yourself with real fans and real people. I look. I think this is point number five. I want to get to it because it, it, it's because just to, while, while I'm thinking about the situation, I think on one of the tweets I talked about, even if you're not getting the guarantee, you still should be able to get paid. Which which tweet was that? Oh, uh, let me see. That I think that was either five or six. Give me one. Let me see. That was come on phone. That was five. Yeah. All right, we're bringing five. I want to unpack that if you can. It says first, even if you're not getting paid for a show, you should never leave a show without making money or putting yourself in a position to make money later. Always sell music, merch, register your shows with pros, which is something that people don't do, uh, for performance royalties, and promote your, to your di digital uh, resellers. Yes, 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 yes. I did a show earlier this year in Florida, and I have, like, for some reason, Florida shows me so much love. I've done six shows in Florida this year already. Mm -hmm. I just went a couple weeks ago, whatever. They showed me so much love. I don't know why, but I rock with Florida. North Florida, South Florida, Central Florida, they rock with me with some. I had an opportunity to do this show, uh, to headline the show, actually. It was in Tallahassee, Florida. It's put on by a, a, a sociology teacher at Florida State who was a diehard hip hop head. Dr. Lisa. Shout, shout out, out to Dr. Dr. Lisa. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we oh, just yeah, came. Oh, yeah, I know. You already know this. Yeah, right? yeah. We just, came, we just came back from Tallahassee, man. Shout out to Dr. Lisa. All right, so you already know. I saw I rock with Dr. Lisa or whatever. You know what I'm saying? We all know that Dr. Lisa does a hip hop and sociology class. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? She didn't know who I was, but the goal was to go out there and impress her. Always, always making fans, but I'm going to get to that. But the goal was to impress her in hopes of maybe I'd come back and speak at her class. Right. I right. wasn't able to do it this semester, but Lord willing, I'll be able to do it. If she teaches summer class or if she if she does something in, in, in the fall, Lord willing, I'll be able to come back. But she really, really liked my music. But on top of that, so I didn't get a guarantee, but I did about $250 in merch which covered the majority of my expenses in my hotel. Mm -hmm. And like I said, like, oh, man, C-Sack Live, BMI Live, was that, was ASCAP on stage? ASCAP on you know, stage, that's what I, I use. ASCAP on stage. It's important that artists understand uh, 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 these these performance right organizations, C-Sack, BMI, 
and uh, and, and uh, ASCAP and how like every single time that and I mean, you know this, but just for people listening, every single time the music is performed, be it a live performance or performed on an AMFM radio, on a podcast or whatever, uh, you know, or, uh, on a on a commercial, anytime it's performed in a commercial space, you should get paid for it. Absolutely. And so, you know this. So as a publisher, so I always tell people, don't register a song as a writer until you already have your publishing company. You have your publishing company, then you register up as a writer, you get paid for everything twice. Now, so can you say that? Can you say that again, please? Tell them that one more time. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I always stress to everybody who wants to who wants to get involved with the a performance rights organization. You always start to publish a company first, which is only anywhere between one hundred fifty to two hundred fifty dollars, which is which is cheaper than your loud habit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Which is cheaper than your drinking habit. Which is cheaper than what you spend spend in Magic City. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It's either one hundred fifty or two hundred fifty dollars. Boom. In between that, register you, and, and it lasts for life. You register yourself as a publisher, and then it's free to register stuff as a writer. So every single thing, every single performance royalty that comes through the performance rights organization, you get paid twice. Amen. So <laughs> we know when we get these royalty checks, y'all know this, man. We don't get that much on radio streams. We no, no, not at all. We don't, we don't get that much. On, we don't get that much on Spotify streams. No, and and and, and, and these are platform streams. The, the actual dollars that come to my uh, publishing royalty checks are from the live performance. Absolutely, I'll There's say. There's a BMI I'll... app that you can that, that you can that you can put like after every show. I go over there because I, I write down what I've performed before. If I don't remember, I try to write down my set list. And after the show, I put I put the notes of what I performed in my phone, so I can go back and boom, 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 boom. Or even if I can't do it, but you can add, you can enter the you can enter the songs. For your show is right there on your phone. So now, even if I did not get paid when I did this show in January, whatever, January 26, 2018, I'm gonna get a check for this later. Absolutely. From for the songs that I performed here. So there should be absolutely no reason. So that's that's very very important. I want to say that first. Number two, I want to unpack the whole importance of selling merch. There's been I, I did a show, and I ain't gonna tell you the name of the show, but I did a show in whatever. It's not important. My guarantee was I want to say 275. Mm-hmm. I got through two seventy five. I left with seven hundred dollars mm. off of CDs and T shirts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like damn the triple my guarantee. You know what I'm saying? Merch is everything. Damn the triple man. my guarantee. Off 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 of selling merchandise. You know what I'm saying? And I was able to go to strip club and cut up a little. I was, I was up a little bit. You know what I mean? You know, <laughs> so I was up a little bit. Budget is all another all another time out of budget on tour or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? And then you always should have, like, like this is so, one, one of the things that my, I call him Sensei says like Comanche, he really taught me as a touring artist, it is imperative, my wife, I don't know where she is, it is imperative that you, um, it is imperative that every time you're on the road, your, your whole focus as a touring artist is to create new fans, and maintain relationships with old fans. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So therefore, if I'm in a city I've never been to before, I want to meet you up, I want to shake your hand. I'm gonna give, even if I'm not gonna sell you nothing. I want to give you the links to all my digital information. You know what I'm saying? I want to give you a promo to my merch store or whatever. Like I want to know you. I want to take a picture with you. I want to get your Instagram. Boom. So when I pull up an email address, I I have to do well with this, but I have a thing where you can write down emails. 
So the next time you pull up in this particular city, you can email them and tell them what's going on in between. Will you drop a new music? Will you drop something on the blog? Which really don't, which is a whole other conversation. Whatever. So then you get to, you know, so the whole goal is to make them a, make them a fan. You know what I'm saying? Right. And when you go back to this you've been to before, like this, the next time I come back to Atlanta, I'm not going to have the same type of merch I had last time. You got to switch it up. Like, I, I, I want to give them, I want to give people something new to support if they choose to support. I'm not, I might not do the, I, I paid attention to a song that people like when I did Elevator, so I'm going to do one or two of those same songs, but I'm going to give them a couple of new records so I'm not boring them with the exact same show because my focus is to always keep them entertained be like, damn, that nigga black. That nigga bring it every single time. I like everything you do with us. Exactly. So, it is the, so, so when we do these shows, sometimes it's not even about, you know what I'm saying, the money that you make from a guarantee. It's about you getting the opportunity to open up your name in a brand new market. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so many, when I did my 17 States of Bus Tour, there's so many places I did, I went last year on somebody else's name. Now I can double back and go on my own. I don't need no cosign because I made my, you know, I, I, I didn't price myself out the market. I made myself very, you know what I'm saying, easy to work with, but I brought something of value so I could double back and come back the next time. And so, every single, so, and like I said, sometimes these opportunities, the, the, sometimes the best asset, the guaranteed or not, sometimes the best aspect of the show is the actual opportunity to create new fans and get another bag later on down the line. And I'm like, I'm, I'll am i be 35. It's just everything I'm doing, I'm trying to add five years to my career. You know, right. so every single thing I do, every day, every show I do, every new type of merch or whatever I try to do, every song, every album, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to add, I'm trying to add another five years on my career or whatever. So, that's, that's, that's my whole move with that, whatever. So we're on number six. What's number seven? What's number seven? Uh, number seven. Let's see. Oh, I can't put in my code on my phone. Hold on. Number seven was. That might have been a wrap up, my wrap up one, right? I might just yeah, yeah, it was. It was like the best way to get promoters' attention is to build a fan base that buy, uh, is build a fan base that will buy concert tickets buy music merch from you and have uh, a dope resume that shows will bring value to your event reputation and, and relationships are extremely important to and with fans be solid um with both and do work so yeah i've been around it up pretty yeah, much that, that, that's <laughs> it i mean that that that's it and you know something if y'all couldn't understand the importance of building a fan base after listening to this episode then i think you just need to listen to it again because i believe we clearly articulated everything that you need to know um one thing that i will add is just identify who you are as an artist and and, and know the type of artist that you are and go to those markets that best fit who you are as an artist it's like going to a all trap show and being the only person there that's not doing trap music yes you can succeed in that environment but you got to know what you're going into if you're going into that and you see that the environment says clearly says all trap and turn up and you're not coming in there turning up or at least tweaking your your performance to where like okay i might not be doing the exact same music that they doing but i'm still going to give you some energy so you can still turn up with me but you got to know this stuff going into to these different venues man you can't pull up being the only rapper at a country show and wonder why you're getting booed off stage. You know what I mean? You got to know your environment and know, you know where you're what? going. Like, so I, I got another example about this. It's one of the guys who, like, you know, who's kind of really took to my tutelage or whatever. And, like, you know, so he, he he's, he's, he's a supporter of a lot of my events. And he made he made a, he made a connection with a guy, 
you know what I'm saying, one of my shows, book shows. And so um, he does, like, it's kind of like, quote-unquote, clown rap, you know what I'm saying, kind of like the, I hate that, he, he's going he's gonna to be mad when I say this, but kind of like the Suicide Boys, that style of rap, you know what I'm saying, the white guy. Okay. You know but it's kind of like the, the punk rock, turn up, rap, kind of eat crunk stuff that, that a lot of the white kids are into with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he knows I have a relationship with this particular, with this particular person who shows. And so he kind of used the fact that he met him in my event. He got him a show, you know, he traveled a long way to get there. When he get there, it was boom, bapped out. He looked crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, and so one thing I told him, he's not going to get mad because I say this, who's had this conversation. It's like, one thing you got to do is do your research. Like, just because a situation that I've opened up might work for me, it might not necessarily work for you. So therefore, I mean... Because what you're doing is you're traveling to a place that, like, not only do you not have a fan base, but they're not even really into what you're doing. Absolutely. So, you know, he was well taken care of, and he was he was good with the people or whatever. But uh, but at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying, that was a learning lesson for him. Like, man, look, it would behoove you more to spend your time trying to get into these markets that are more conducive to what you're trying to accomplish. Absolutely. And then just go everywhere where, 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 where our door is open. Because those dominoes players say, all money ain't good money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All absolutely. money ain't so, good money, man. I mean, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm always the only person like myself whenever I get to go somewhere. But I understand, I have 10 projects. So if I know I'm about to go to more of a boom-bap crowd, I'm going to bring that out. If I know I'm about to go to more of a street crowd, I'm going to bring those types of harder records out. If I know that, you know, people who want the content, you know, I'm 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 gonna bring more of that black shit out of whatever. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's always I always try to get an even balance. You know what I'm saying? Depending on where I'm about to go. There's been times where I live and die and I drown by it. You know what I'm saying? But now, you know, especially after last year, I learned a whole lot more in terms of set selection and like basically picking and choosing shows. And in some places, fuck it, I'm about to go. I'm about to go balls to the wall and do what I do and try to convert everybody. So, but that comes with doing it a long time. I don't really I don't necessarily suggest nobody doing it just starting out, man. You always want to go. You always want to go with what you know first and then try to transition and, and you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, transition later once you kind of figure things out. Absolutely. Once you become a seasoned performer, you can take those type of risks because, you for for one, you already know what you're getting into. You know what I mean? Like, you you clearly know that this is this type of audience, but I'm going to win. It's You know, from a DJ perspective, it's, it's like I know that sometimes when I DJ, I'm DJing to make for a point. I know that I can come in here and play 10 records that's going to move this entire crowd. But sometimes I'll go into it and be like, I'm trying to find out those three to four records that's going to take you back to a time when you really enjoyed yourself and everything was, you know, everything was, was great. And I'm, I'm challenging myself as a DJ to reach those points. Not try to give you the records that I know going to make you dance immediately. Like, no, I want you to have to, like, remember, you're not going to remember me if I play Drake, Kanye, Jay-Z, Kendrick. You're not going to remember my set because I'm just like anybody else. But if I go and play some Mr. Big, I go and play, you know, some 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 slim, um, you know, some early juvenile. Or if I go and play you some some hot boys, then you're looking at me like, hold well, well, on. I, I was DJ too. My single go-to record was Rosa Parks. That's what I'm so – you, you, so you feel where I'm at. You got it, – it's, it's, yeah. tw- it's tricks. Because Rosa Parks is just hip-hop enough, but instead you're going to dance to it regardless. So, hey, man, that was the conversation with Marcel P. Black. Man, I thank you for being on the line. Some great content here, some great conversation. But before we get out of here, tell the people how can they connect with you, how can they can get the 7 EP, all that good stuff. Absolutely, man. MarcelPBlack.com, at MarcelPBlack on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
www.bondsuppeopleblack.bandcamp.com. Bonds Up People Black on all different retailers, you know what I'm saying? If you're looking for book, booking, maroonmusic at gmail.com, maroonmusic at gmail.com. I'm really a, a Facebook guy. I'm always talking and ranting on Facebook. I'm trying to use Twitter more, but like, just follow me. Uh, hit me up on, at, uh, you know, at Bonds Up People Black on all social media. I, I love to talk rap. I love to talk business. I love to travel, you know what I'm saying? So I'm basically here for it all, man. I'm basically here for it all. Man, thank you, bro. I've known about your site. Now, I've known you. I see what you guys do. I'm a fan. Shout out to, man, look, I got the hat, and I got three CDs, copies <laughs> of the No Free Lunch. You ain't got to go get it, you know what I'm saying? I got the Paid America with, with the uh, Atlanta Braves colorway, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you yeah. You're going to see pictures in there real soon or whatever. But, yeah, man, thank you. I really, I really love what y'all do. And, uh, man, I'm looking forward to working with you guys some more, man. For sure, man. Well, look, as always, if you have a dream, pray on that dream, research that dream, and work until that dream becomes a reality. I'm Last Name Good at the Straight Out the Damn Podcast. He's Marcel P. Black. We out. Peace.